Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and David O'Doherty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another week of it. Uh, it's myself, Tony Martin, uh, Ed Cavalier, as seen in the social pages. We'll get to that later. Is over on the side. And please, a round of fake applause for David O'Doherty, if you could. Thanks for coming in, David. Um, David O'Doherty spelt on this sheet in front of me with no R. So it's uh, David O'Doherty. We just didn't yeah. have time. <laughs> Thank it's, you very much. It's such a mad panic to get today's show together. <laughs> I'm just going to leave out a consonant. There's Thank no you. time for it. David is one of the many fine comedians uh, from overseas who have descended on Australia for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And then, are you touring around elsewhere afterwards? I was just beforehand. I did uh, Alice Springs, Darwin, and I'm heading to New Zealand for the festival there after this. Right. And how did you go in uh, Alice Springs? I uh, got uh, sweaty balls. Really? Can, can I say that? Actually, uh, it, it, it's uh, sweaty balls Monday. So say what you want. <laughs> oh, sweet! Yeah, it, it was fine uh, initially, and then uh, about three days in, just sort of ground to a halt because I've come from Irish winter, which is uh, you know dry, dry balls weather, oh, okay. and then to come straight down here, oh, ground, ground to a halt. Have to buy nappy rush cream and pretend. To the man in the shop that was for my eight-month-old daughter. So that's well. We offer the finest scrotal comfort on radio here at Get This. So uh, thanks for coming in. Do you do your own radio show? I've, look at this. I've got uh, your biography. Most of it seems to be made up. Yes. Is, is this so? It's at the point where you go. Is this made up or is this true? You have a radio series about bee detectives. This is yeah. That's true. That part's uh, true. <laughs> that part is true. There was the problem is when you do ABC Northern Territory and my blurb is. Oh, comedians' blurb is always just blowing their own trumpets. Yeah. Oh, this this guy is the funniest guy ever. So instead, I just made up everything. So it says stuff like I invented the internet. But the difficult thing about going on uh, some of those uh, stations is they go so completely straight faced. You claim to have invented the internet <laughs> like that? And no, yes, I know I did. Look, leave me alone. I my balls are sore. But what about the bee detectives? That was. Um, uh, this is how this came about. I wrote it with my brother. Um, I wanted to write a radio series about detectives. Yes. Um, my brother wanted to write a radio <laughs> series about bees. So we hit on this ingenious middle ground, which was bee detectives. Uh, how much mileage is there in bee detectives? Well, the thing is, no one knows what goes on in hives. Ah, so, uh, okay, so it's th- a blank canvas. They might just be hanging out, but they could be solving crimes. <laughs> And right. the other advantage that bees have is that bees can easily fly uh, into a room and overhear stuff. No. So, oh, okay. uh, they could be, yeah, exactly. Do you do you give them voices, talking bees, or do you narrate over the top of buzzing? No, we uh, well, we had buzzing, but then, oh my God, this was such a long, long debate as to what voice bees have. And in the end, they have slightly stereotypical Italian accents. Right. Like that, with zzz in the background. So apologies to anyone of uh, Italian extraction, but uh, you sound like bees to me. <laughs> and do you have, and you have your own sort of, dare I say, a proper radio show as well, is that right? Uh, yes, a proper radio show of sorts <laughs> at home. I do a, a, a popular music show with new bands and things mm. on. People who are basically too cool to say anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so sit there bending paper clips for the whole thing going, That's yeah, you know what I mean, it's just like good and yeah. we've got guitars and stuff and just I play bass as well, it's cool, yeah? That's one of the problems with working on music radio is all your favourite bands have pretty much nothing to say. Yes. There's nothing that <laughs> smashes your your heroism of this band more than getting them into studio and them going, ah, it was just good and 
stuff. Can, can you get me water? Uh, it's very early. It's three in the afternoon. It's very early. Please, let me go to bed. Well, thanks for coming in today, David. Uh, we've got to play a bit of music now. Uh, well, uh, thank you for coming, for having me, and also for making this microphone statically charged. When I adjusted it a moment ago, I got an electrical static charge, but didn't didn't let that get across on the radio. We'll have the lawsuit papers uh, <laughs> ready for you on your exit, but uh, we want you to stick around for the rest of the hour. I'll get this. That's the clash there uh, with Rock the Casbah. Sorry, this. my microphone wasn't on. I was slightly straight in there, though. I was just yeah. off mic for a moment. <laughs> David O'Doherty is with us. Uh, fine Irish comedian. How are yeah. you finding the comedy festival? Um, it's it's fun. It's it's uh, very much. It's a good time to get out of Ireland. I think that that's this is when the sort of winter comes spring gets a bit depressing right. around <laughs> as it stretches into its eighth month or whatever uh, so it, it's it's I'll be back in June when uh, when the the tropical heat begins to, to take hold now we uh, we do this with all the visiting comedians we say have you got any questions is there anything you need to understand about our nation for your act to you know properly unfold um I mean there, there were a few confusing things I did that uh, what's that show called the glass house yeah and uh, they were talking about spruiking Spruiking. Uh, and that, that's literally something that doesn't <laughs> exist at home. There's no equivalent of people standing outside shops <laughs> shouting at you. It's just one of the most bizarre cultural things. So they wanted to talk about it from the point of view of, uh, hey, spruiking, I mean, they're talking about banning it. Isn't that the end of a great cultural thing? I mean, it, there's no, it's just stupid thing. Why are you shouting? Particularly when there's no one around on the street and, and you know it's specifically aimed at you. Have you seen those two rival spruikers on uh, Swanston Street in Melbourne? There's what two discount doing? clothes shops quite close together. Yes. And they kind of up the ante, you know, $6 jackets, $4 jackets. Wow, that is, that's a sign of quality <laughs> right there. Yeah. Well, spruiking, we have, uh, what else have we got that we can explain? Well, petrol prices, obviously, that'd be through the roof over your side of the world, would they? Or Yes, they would. But, but I mean, we have much tinier cars than you get here. <laughs> ah, yeah. I have a Fiat Seixanto car. Ooh, right. It's only three-door, but the Legrum's Excellento. <laughs> and, uh, you could literally park it on the back of most large utility vehicles in this country. So it, it, it's, well, we try and get around the problem, whereas you just deny it exists. <laughs> no, we just buy bigger and bigger. We yeah. have sort of yeah. uh, the cars that surrounded the house when E.T. was being picked up by the CEA. <laughs> giant SUV cars. And they'll just have a tiny, emaciated, blonde, tanned woman inside going to pick up her tiny children. Feeling safe from and, school. And AFL is going to the match tomorrow. The, uh, oh, the, nice. the the somebody's against the somebody's. <laughs> What's that about Ed? You, you'll know about this, Ed. What's the story? Guys, Essendon versus Collingwood. Right. Uh, traditional Anzac Day clash at the MCG. It'll be packed to the rafters. Uh, okay. and, and Anzac Day isn't as big a thing at home. To be <laughs> no, they don't go for that. It hasn't taken <laughs> off? Not really. No, oh, not, not even the biscuits. Oh, no. Great. I don't know. This is how bad the petrol prices are getting. They're going to start asking people to pay for their petrol before they stick it in the car. I have a, uh, a friend in Sydney who worked at a uh, petrol station who... By her own admission, she instigated that because she was so bad at asking people for petrol that they would just drive away. Right. Because like I think people a day. they do it at night time at some place. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's troubled parts of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so see, 
but what's the idea of, of getting you to pay beforehand in case you run off? Yeah, so, yeah. people are just getting the petrol and just driving away. Thieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. small amounts yeah, yeah. of petrol. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so now you have to pay, you, you've got plenty of time to go to the bank, take out a loan, yeah. <laughs> wait till the paperwork's processed, get down to the petrol station, sort it out. And then, they, I love this, they always have a chart around about Easter here that shows how mysteriously the petrol prices go up just before a public holiday. No. <laughs> and the government insists there's absolutely no correlation. No. But eight out of the nine fi- last giant petrol rises have all happened just before, like Easter or Anzac wow. or something like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. This is, a, this is a conspiracy being uncovered <laughs> right here live on the radio. Need to be detectives in on this one. Yeah, yeah. This would be... Uh, it, it changes the whole idea of the getaway driver, though, doesn't it, really, in a situation? Quick, get away. No, hang on. That would be wasting the money. Let's just push the car down the street. Uh, the cops pushing their car after them. But we do have a lot of shonkiness in this country. I see one of... Uh, you may not have heard the name Tony Mockbell, oh, but he's yeah. our fugitive uh, drug dealer. Sort of t- Tony Soprano style figure. Whoa, Fat Tony! <laughs> the media have dubbed him. He is literally Fat Tony, and he's fled the country. Uh, and the latest, uh, and people are trying to spot him. But everyone's got a story. The latest one is that he he went over to Perth and left the country disguised as a priest. Whoa! Was that the same trick that I think Dean Martin and Sammy Davis used in Cannonball Run? They were dressed as That's a where pri- he got it. That's where he got it. And they were priests, weren't they? For yeah, no yeah, 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 yeah. There was some scam involved, involving fast driving and moonshine, probably. Yeah, the, the only thing that's sort of counting against him in the whole priest disguise is that he's under the age of 90. Uh, which I think, what? What are you? That's fat Tony for you. Hey, uh, David, I've, I've been... Uh, last week we had a wonderful comedian called Mark Watson in. Oh, yeah. And we looked him up on the internet, and of course there were a lot of Mark Watsons. Right. Uh, so we've done the same thing with you, and this, is there some kind of war going <laughs> on between you and another David O'Doherty? Well, firstly, there's, a, there's, there's four David O'Doherty's that right. I know of. Um, the, the one that I'm coming up against most is there's, <laughs> a, there's, a, there's a barrister here called David O'Doherty oh. who every oh. day is in the paper. He, he's defending someone in a big drugs trial at the moment. <laughs> so I just like the idea that people are coming to my show to uh, get the insights on that. There's a, David O'Doherty is the name of Ireland's premier young violinist. Right. Uh, right. But this guy right here ho, ho, yeah. is uh, David David O'Doherty, the mathematician and scientist yeah. who has had a long running <laughs> run in with me. This endless screeds about you on his site. Yes. It was. It started off he, um, uh, people used to email him before I had a website and they used to they used to say that they'd seen him do gigs right. and uh, he he got furious at that. I mean I mean I can't believe that those people weren't kind of taking the mickey out of him because his website is clearly dedicated to his obsession with prime numbers uh, but he's also got a bit where he says how and I don't know how you do it but you have to do something so that when people look up David O'Doherty on Google, that you come in first. Yeah. So he's done whatever it takes to make sure he's the top David O'Doherty. <laughs> yes, I'm the. Isn't that that's a sign your career is going well when you're the number three <laughs> slash four ranked David O'Doherty <laughs> on the internet? But yeah, yeah he's. I just imagine him talking in that voice because he's a mathematician. So here's what I'm saying. I'm a second year undergraduate reading mathematics at Jesus College, Cambridge. Uh, Basically, I think he can have me killed quite easily, or at least can uh, can figure out my DNA to some extent and just rewire me. So uh, I'm a little I'm a little scared to uh, to 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 uh, make fun of him too much. But he did ring me at one stage. Okay. Um, 
I, I basically, I had enough uh, so <laughs> of him making fun of me on his website. So after one show in Dublin, I told the entire audience to email him and, and, and pretend that he was me. <laughs> and afterwards, he took it. It's not that hard to track down my phone number. The three David Adardis or the four of us, the, the, the four Dublin ones are listed side by side in the Dublin phone directory. So <laughs> he, uh, he managed to ring me up and uh, we had a little chat about the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, that's odd when you're talking right. to someone else with the same name as you. He'll be working on something. Next move, David Michael O'Doherty. He'll have some mathematical revenge planned. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Some he, numeric vengeance. He's, oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear from any David O'Dohertys. Feel free to yeah, give us a call. Give us a ring. And we'll be back with more in a moment. Get this. It was spiritual. It was powerful. It was indescribable. For census, one, two, three, four on Triple M. It's get this on Triple M with David O'Doherty. Do they have Big Brother in Ireland, David? Ah! <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, we, we get the, the UK one. Well, we'll talk about that next. Triple M. Forever Young, that's youth group here at Triple M. It's get this. Our co-host this morning is David O'Doherty, an excellent Irish comedian oh, yeah. who's in Melbourne for the Comedy Festival, possibly coming to your town. If he is, go and see him. Mm-hmm. David, I'm sorry to drag you down into this gutter of a program. It's time to discuss Big Brother now. Do you? What's the deal with Big Brother in the UK? Well, uh, in the UK, it's 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 pretty much everywhere. Uh, oh. Oh, uh, I think it, it starts in the summer. I think it's a summery thing, so it's not mm. going to be on for a little while. Ireland has our national broadcaster is the world's cheapest <laughs> TV. Right, so they couldn't they couldn't mount a Big Brother. Really. Ah, you see, they couldn't afford to obviously buy the the Big Brother concept or title from Endemol or whoever make it. So they decided to make up their own, oh. and it, it was called Cabin Fever because it was set on a boat that was going around the coast of Ireland. Right. But the boat sank. <laughs> off the coast of Donegal. <laughs> the actual house was voted into the ocean. Uh, well, well, all the contestants then sued the national broadcaster oh, wow. for hundreds of thousands of euro. So it was a fitting end to a shambolic piece of television. But, uh, so was it just were people lurching from side to side every week? How big was the boat? Well, exactly. That was it. It was mostly people vomiting uh, on top of each other. Because all they really want is people to start doing it yeah, in right. these shows. It's and, right. uh, being at sea, I think, is uh, is one of the least horny places <laughs> to be, especially when you're ill all uh, the time. So it was a complete disaster. How did it sink? How did the boat sink? <laughs> Hit rocks, Ed. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. And not only that, but like no one happened to be watching it on the internet at the time or on their mobile phone. So it took quite a while for the Coast Guard to get there. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, there's really only, as I can see, there's only five subjects on Big Brother. Um, yeah. Tits, yeah. dicks, so, yeah. people talking about sex, yeah. people backstabbing each other, yeah. and who's going to crack on with who. Yeah, well, my friend, a uh, friend of my uh, university, Tim, came second last year. Oh, really? And he immediately ostracized himself in the first right. four seconds. They all sat down to have dinner, and he opened with... John Howard and Leighton Hewitt. I just don't see why Australia needs Out. them. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> but that hang on a it. second. You could, we could be judging too soon. Yeah. Now, they had the launch last night, and in the paper yesterday, there was an interview with uh, Chris Noble, who's the producer, who was actually my very first boss in TV 21 <laughs> really? years ago. So I feel frightened just talking about this. <laughs> but he says that initially, for this sixth series, 
they went out searching for an older cast. No, yeah, right. No. Do you reckon on. that idea lasted one or two seconds? None. That's a lie. That would <laughs> never happen. Is it by any chance uh, blonde people with fake boobies? Ah. Is, is that the entire cast? Well, let's not judge yet. <laughs> uh, because he says that after interviewing hundreds of people around the country, he ended up choosing a younger cast. Oh. No, not for an older. They went the other way. A younger cast than last year, but wiser. Oh, I was after people nice. who are more worldly. Yeah. IQs. I was after people who could speak on a range of topics. People so, who've been on Kentucky tours. It's the no, it's the intellectual year oh. on Big Brother. L- let's have a listen. Our next housemate says she burps, farts, whinges, is emotional and cries at silly things. My worst habits are making noises. <laughs> which I can tend to do in public. I want to be on BB for the money, the chicks. My family would describe me as a psycho bitch, a bimbo, a show pony. I use my looks to get what I want all the time, to get into clubs, to get the boys, to get the jobs. In the house, I'm going to out-drink the boys and out-dress the girls. My friends would describe me as a player, uh, a ladies' man. He's part stifler and part dude, where's my car? Some people, by looking at me, just think I'm a skank. But I'm not, I'm a leader. What really annoys me is if Dad forgets the chicken on Fridays. What I want to do before I die, have sex. Oh, what frustrates me. Oh, country people, I can't stand them. It's too brainy for me. I, 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 most of that's going over my head, I'm sorry. The main fear is that somehow, like, the radio waves carrying this TV signal get floated out into space and, like, there's an alien culture uh, flying towards the planet and that's the first sign they get. And they're probably deciding whether to destroy Earth and they get someone going, I hate people from the country. (laughs) Boom! Smash! But what does it mean when Dad does not get the chicken? God. No, we all know what Big Brother is really about. Infrared cameras in that bedroom, nothing will be missed. Who wants to go in the pool? There is our fabulous sauna. Yeah, there's probably going to be some hot bodies showering naked next to me. Okay, moving in to look at the shower. When I look in a mirror, I see someone who needs a shower. Over to the left, we've got a massage table. And over on the right, a hot tub. My best physical feature would probably be my boobs because they're new and they're now my most valuable possession. I can't believe you've had a boob job at 19. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted them a little bigger. You wanted bigger ones. Can I touch them? But look, I can flex them. When did you get the boob job? Not long ago. About eight weeks ago. Yeah, the whole um, boob job thing because Karen came up to me and said, I have a boob job. And it was like the same time that I said I got a boob job. And we're like, oh, what a coincidence. What size did you go? Um, between a C and a D. Are they high? I don't know. No, I'm pretty now. But I'm happy. No, I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest. Yeah, that'd be your massive fake wow. chest, presumably. I think the lowest common denominator just got lower. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this entire discussion of people just... Com- even the men had boob jobs, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. In, the, in the first. Dudes, how long does this go on for? Is this going to be here for the remainder of my time in Australia? It's probably oh, yeah. like months, three months yeah, or something. Months. longer. It goes yeah. three, four months. Have, have a listen to this. Uh, this is someone called Claire. Can I win? I know I can win because I've got a personality the public will love and they won't want to get rid of me. I reckon she's probably already been voted out. Yeah, I, I'll break in and drag her out if I have to. <laughs> I'm smitten. Claire, marry me. <laughs> now, there's a bloke in there called David from down on the farm. Have a listen to what he has to say. One thing that I'd be really looking for in the house is trying to find someone to uh, come back 
and be on the farm here with me. Definitely looking for a partner. If you're looking for a partner, you just go, where can I... I know, the Big Brother house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a place to develop well, a stable, it, loving relationship. It's got a history of long-term monogamous relationships, you know? Like, right. In the Dutch Big Brother, um, 30 minutes after the... And this, I guess, is the, is the ultimate dream for the Big Brother makers. 30 minutes after the, the housemates met and went in, two of them were doing it. <laughs> Well, here this year, I've seen there's all double beds in, oh, yeah. in the house this year. Right. So that's obviously for reading. <laughs> so they can read. Sudoku. Yeah. And of, of course, um, we mentioned, and the bloke you just heard who wants a partner, according, I, it hasn't didn't say on the show, but according to the Melbourne Herald Sun, gay. What? So there's gayness in the, in the house. Oh. You know the way Fat Tony's gone missing? <laughs> Is, is there any chance that he's in there? Yeah. That could be the bombshell. That's great. He's got he's a boob job and he's gone in. So there's everyone's got boob jobs. There's a gay bloke that nobody knows about. But of course, there's the big world first, the big bombshell. Let's have a listen. Unbeknown to most of the housemates, two of the housemates entering the Big Brother house this evening. What's it going to be? Uh, Are they readers? <laughs> Have got real tits? Maybe. No, it's... Are in a relationship. Are in a relationship. Oh, no. But guess what it turned out to be? One of them, one of the ones with the fake tits, oh, no. is the mother oh, no, no. of the one we heard earlier with oh, the fake tits. No, so you've got no. a mother-daughter fake tits team. Wow. And nobody knows that it's mother and daughter in the Big Brother house. This this is, you guys, this is classic television right here. This and you've got to, like, they've got to not give it away. That, And I don't know if I could, if I was in the Big Brother house and my mum was in there, it'd be given away in about 10 seconds. She'd be going, what are you doing inside on such a nice, bright and sunny day? And they would be given away and I would have lost the money. You'd look ridiculous with fake tits, though. At, uh, provided those ones are real. <laughs> I like to leave a bit of mystery here on the big program. David, you just look shocked and disgusted. This is, yeah, oh my God. Well, it's just going to be everywhere now. And uh, there's constant ads on the TV for you. You can get it sent to your mobile phone uh, just in case you miss any of the, the awesome world-changing <laughs> events that, that occur inside it. Uh, so so it's just not going to be something I'm going to be able to, to stay away from. But uh, I'll do my best. It'd be good if they set them a challenge. Like, I always think they just sit around and do nothing. Like if they uh, had to build like a yacht in the time that they were there. <laughs> if they and had to build an it, ark. Yeah, and then sail it somewhere. Like, do something kind of, you know, build another house for next year in the time that they were there or something. Right. Make wallets for export. Now we're talking. Something, yeah. <laughs> Turn it into talking. a sweatshop. Yeah, yeah. Good somewhere. ideas and plenty of them. That's what this show's about. We'll be back with more soon. Triple M. Triple M. That'd be Fleetwood Mac. Here, get this on Triple M. Uh, Ed and myself are joined by David O'Doherty. Yeah. Irish comedian. Uh, is that what you put on the passbook? Raconteur and broadcaster. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> Raconteur. What about cake lover? Oh, my God. You're in the papers in this... Melbourne. There's a some sort of cake controversy at one of your gigs. What's going on? What happened was this. About three years ago, I went to see a Dylan Moran uh, comedy gig. And the first half was, was, was the best comedy gig. One of the, one of the greatest, greatest gigs I'd ever been to. And then at halftime, I went to buy a muffin from a <laughs> right. shop across the road. And during the second half, ate the muffin and found the show was a billion times better while eating a muffin, if that's possible. So from that came the idea for a delicious cake night. And the basic principle is... 
pretty much everything is a billion times better if you do it while eating a cake. Mm. <laughs> so there was gonna there was one night of my show set aside where I would provide cake for the audience. Uh, not great cake, you'd have to say, but a hundred and something dollars worth of chocolate cake from Coles. Oh, nonetheless, good stuff. Yeah, 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 sliced up and all ready to go. Paper plates, napkins. But then it was discovered that uh, the venue I'm playing is a very beautiful, ornate. It's it's Melbourne Council Chambers, where council actually meet. Yes. And there is a ban on all food and drink within council chambers, and apparently cake comes under the whole food banner. Wow. That's so right. Yeah. So about 10 minutes before uh, went on, was told, nope, you cannot have the cake at all. But people have brought along their own cakes. So pe- people had m- made cakes in the audience. Yeah, yeah, word oh. had got out. And they just had to sit there. And as you say, things are better when you're eating a cake. Yes. But I think it would be the opposite effect if you're sitting there with a nice cake, not allowed to even look at it, not even allowed to touch it, open it. Furious, up. furious. <laughs> Although you'd have to say, those people who make cakes tend not to get too furious. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get a little bit angry now as I sit with the cake in my lap. So uh, in the end, the uh, Hi-Fi is the festival club and the following night uh, I had a DJ set there. I was just playing music and at one point just brought out hundreds of dollars yeah. worth of cake. And that's a great w- way to, because you can basically play anything and the dance floor <laughs> will stay full while people eat the free cake. So it was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's a 12-minute Steely Dan guitar solo. What's that? <laughs> so that, that's what happened to the cake in the end. But banned, yeah, by the authorities. You've been subjected to a ban. Do we have the Talkback Mountain theme uh, queued Ooh. up, Mr. Beer? I know we weren't, uh, so we're catching <laughs> Bands today because there's always bands in the air uh, in Victoria, and I'm assuming this will spread to the rest of the nation because of uh, obesity in children. They're banning sugar products. They're banning you know things with sugar in them: Coca-Cola drinks, fizzy drinks in the canteen at school. Wow! And uh, have a listen to to this kitty and how disturbed he was. Tiny consumers understand the reasoning and the repercussions. There's no such thing as treats in the canteen anymore. Oh, that is so, so there's sad. There's no oh. such thing as treats in the canteen anymore. Oh. It was like the most shattering footage. Let's, let's, can we hear it again with some sad music? There's no such thing as treats in the canteen anymore. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Who wants to be a millionaire? Sadness. <laughs> the, the one, the thing that was banned in our canteen was uh, there was a manoeuvre uh, called the penguin, that, uh, <laughs> which was uh, when someone would have a tray in their hands, someone else would come up behind them and yank down their trousers, yeah. then they'd have to do the penguin walk over to the table to put the tray down, and that was officially banned. To move. But we used, you basically just eat, we used to eat um, these bars called Wham bars, which were uh, bright pink. And uh, one of those synthetic kind of late 80s foods that's no longer on the market (laughs) that you could give one end to your friend and just walk across the other end of the canteen (laughs) with the other end and it would, it would, it wouldn't get any thinner. It would just keep pulling. It was, it was, you could use it in building, I would say. And they've all been banned now by the, by the European Union. So yeah, I mean, it will be a a different generation. Also a generation, I'd say, with a massive slump (laughs) around 1pm. Well, let's, uh, let's hear from the listeners. What has been banned at your place? Is there a weird ban going on in your household? Have you got bans? We no, have, they, uh, they banned football. They banned uh, soccer, playing football slash soccer at my school. Right. And our revenge was to, uh, we used to have, we had like this many cu- cultures living together montage, a uh, yes. big, big mural at our school. Mm-hmm. And we broke into the school one night and made speech bubbles and they all said, soccer is hot. 
and that was our way of getting it back. <laughs> we uh, we have abandoned our place on Brian Adams, summer of '69. What? I don't mind it at work, <laughs> but when I get home of an evening, <laughs> no Brian Adams, summer of '69. I don't need to hear about that first real six string. Hey, I heard an incredible story the other day. You know, Ryan Adams is yes. sort of a, a country rocker. Yes. Dude. Well, um, apparently every gig for the last three years, <laughs> or since every whenever he broke for for he does an encore and comes out and goes, hey, what do you want me to play? people and some drunk person shouts in the crowd summer of 69 <laughs> like that and he has he, he didn't mind until about six months ago and at a gig recently he jumped into the crowd to punch the guy who oh shouted no. summer of 69 <laughs> the millionth person to shout at ryan adams <laughs> summer of 69 well that's kind of a ban yeah. <laughs> ryan is banning people shouting out Amazing. summer of 69 at his gigs oh. have you got a ban going on at your place we want to hear about it to get this the numbers call one triple three five three. Get this. It's still something that I'm, I'm processing and I, I keep reliving. For census one two three four on Triple M. Bands. What's been banned at your place? The number to call one triple three five three. Get this. That's you too. All because of you, and not all because of you, David O'Doherty, being <laughs> from Ireland. No, we didn't. Top of the morning. Uh, <laughs> it was a complete coincidence. I assure you. Our co-host is David O'Doherty fine comedian. You've got to go and see him when mm. he comes to your town. But we're talking about bands. Mm. What's being banned in your neck of the woods? Mm. Uh, and of course it's Talkback Mountain. <laughs> Can't go anywhere without that baffling sound effect. <laughs> uh, let's meet Justine. Are you there, Justine? Yeah, hello. How where are, you? are you? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Brisbane. Which part of Brisbane? Oh, Birkdale. Oh. Bayside suburb. Oh, very sweet. <laughs> what's banned there? My husband and I have banned ourselves from Sizzler. You banned yourselves? <laughs> Why? We've banned ourselves about seven years ago after rolling out of Sizzler, we decided that was it. We possess the gluttony gene. Yeah. We don't know when yeah. we've had enough, so we banned ourselves. Did you, was the soft serve particularly? Because <laughs> I, I can't get enough. Do you know what Sizzler is, David? I'm guessing it's some kind of all-you-can-eat restaurant. Yeah. Oh, it says no off-switch. Right, yeah. And what is it, a meat, meat-based meat thing? I'm guessing sizzling. Uh, the, the salad bar, the sweet bar, the pasta bar, we just, all of it. It was all too much, too overwhelming, so we ban- we're banned. Do you, uh, do you uh, I, I have a theory that you don't eat bread or pasta because they're non-delicious fillers. That's what they want you to do. And don't drink soft drink and don't drink, wa- don't drink too much water. <laughs> oh, that's a great plan, Ed, so you can actually die after <laughs> half an hour. Believe me, we felt like we were going to die after like the last you, time we went there. Sounds like you put a lot of thought into this, Ed, really. Uh, but all you can eat is, yeah. yeah, I love it. And how's it going, Justine? How big are you? Biggest loser material? <laughs> no, about 60 kilograms. That's not too bad, but that's because of the ban. Uh, Remember, if we had to ban ourselves, we would be much, much bigger. No, well right. done. 60 Thanks. kilograms, quite acceptable for Birkdale. <laughs> we have uh, Rhonda on the line. Rhonda, are you there? Yeah, guys. Also from Brisbane, I understand. I am, yes. What's the uh, ban? When I was at school, skipping ropes were banned. Oh, skipping. I went to a um, ladies' college and uh, we weren't allowed to show too much leg or, God forbid, our knickers. <gasps> so uh-huh. skipping ropes, no, no show. <laughs> right, so the skipping rope is sort of an erotic accoutrement. <laughs> Really? I guess so. There'll be a lot of skipping in that Big Brother house. You I was going to say it's real Big Brother material, isn't it? <laughs> we're having a skipping room How did you subvert up. that? How did you subvert the ban? Well, we uh, were good girls, so we just didn't do it. 
You're able to do the rest of your boxing training, though. That's, uh... <laughs> I, just when, when uh, Katie came in and said, we've got someone who's got a skipping ban, mm. Ed quite seriously has turned to me and said, you know, skipping is a really good way to get around. Yeah, I, yeah, I used to do it. Right. When I lived in Sydney, in a place called Newtown, my friend Skylar and I would, would skip along uh, King Street. Really good way to get around. It's, Why is it a good way to get around? Uh, it's not quite as uh, fast as jogging, but it's faster than walking. Right. And it's uh, less uh, energy. Like, it doesn't consume as much energy as jogging. Uh, it, it's not that tough a way. <laughs> no, uh, you wouldn't really get much of a wreck on the streets with that. Who's that guy? Yeah. Joyfully bouncing, bounding <laughs> along like a spring lamb. Do you think the police should skip around? Yeah. Do you think that'd be good? We'll catch the bad guy. Follow that man. All right, thank you, Rhonda. Um, Paul, I think, is also from Brisbane. Are you there, Paul? Ah. Yeah, I'm here. It's an all Brisbane morning, apparently. It is, yeah, it sounds like it. What's the band? The band is heavy metal music before 10 o'clock mm. on the weekend. <laughs> what? Before 10 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, before 10 in the morning, because I always wake up with a hangover. It just annoys the hell out of me. Uh, who's instituted the ban? Uh, me. Oh, you have? And Against he- my flatmate. Ah. Uh, uh, what's, uh, he, what's he racking up? What sort of... Yeah, what does he want to play? Uh, corn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you're cool. That is it's the all- worst music of all. <laughs> that is the worst music of all time. It is. It's, like, terrible. And he just has to... He, on a Saturday morning before 10, he's got to have a bit of corn. No, yeah, he does, he does. Anything. Metallica, just like, you name it. He just cranks it up and just um, just annoys the hell out of me because I've got a headache. <laughs> right. And what would you find acceptable before 10 o'clock? Super Tramp? Uh, no. Arranged. No, probably Ab. No. <laughs> um, I don't really listen to music that early in the morning. It just annoys me too much. Right, Probably enough. something a little bit trancy, but that's about it. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What? Thanks, man. <laughs> it's much too early for that, Lovely David. Way, I'm nice, sorry. Nice way to wake up. Thanks. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Paul. Oh, hang on. He's oh. got more. What, what did you say there? Oh, another interesting fact. You know how you're talking about Big Brother? Yes. It's like the guy instituted the band against playing heavy music was also hit on by David and the Big Brother house. Whoa! And, was and so, hit like, on? Hey, yeah, hit on. He was at Sleazeball Recovery at the Wickham Hotel. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> we sat down and had a drink with him, but he passed out and the bouncers moved him on, so <laughs> nothing came of that. Oh, so nothing happened? No, nothing happened, but he, he's gay. You, you weren't awoken to the sound of Pet Shop Boys at 9.30 the uh, following no, morning? No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing like that, no. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Keep, keep us posted. It, it does say that in the Herald Sun. I mean, I apologise if it's not true, yeah, but yeah, yeah. would there be a lie no, no. in the Melbourne Herald Sun? No. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. we got Marg on the line. Marg, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Melbourne. Ah, oh. and what's the ban in Melbourne? Uh, in our house, it's recorders. Oh, yeah. We've got a nine and a seven-year-old, and they're not allowed to play it unless it's in their bedroom and before six o'clock at night. And because once Dad gets home, that's it. Skipping ropes and recorders. This is all very Victorian. <laughs> what will be banned next? Boiled sweets <laughs> shall be banned. All of the fun will be gone. What is the purpose of the recorder? I mean, it, it's not an instrument that people uh, continue to play, no, is you, it? If you get good, it's no. No, it's not it. But um, Bon Scott actually did play recorder on one of Black Feather's songs. Uh, wow. Right. It's, not and, a, it's not a true And so record. I think my daughter's aspiring to be that. Bon right. Scott. Best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> bon Scott of the recorder. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's that's a festival of bands right there. Right. There is no prize, David. It's not that sort of program. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, if you want to stick around, there's more to come on Get This. Oh, that's the end theme. That means once again we're running late. We're having too much fun with these comedy festival yeah, guests. David O'Doherty, thanks for sitting in for the entire hour. Oh, absolute pleasure. Now I'm going to bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you got, uh, Ed was telling me, keyboard aficionados. Not just comedy fans, but keyboard aficionados enjoy your shows. I've got a keyboard that I got for my 11th birthday in this show. It's a two-foot Yamaha Portisand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, uh, Ed, that we weren't able to get to Good. The, to you being in the Good. social pages. What's, what's going Good. on there? Uh, never mind. I've lost the picture. Good, yeah. You've, You've taken it, haven't We've you? We've got to go, Tony. Look, there's a was... picture of you and some babe. Yeah, yeah. In the Sunday papers. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was at the premiere of a film. Yeah. You've got to understand, Dave. This is big. Oh yeah. Australian film called Kakoda. All the stars were there. Yeah, yeah. Tiny pictures of them. Huge picture of Ed Gavilly. You know. And his tall drink of water. Special friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we might have room for that tomorrow, David. Uh, any final message for Australians before we go? Um, have a lovely uh, Anzac Day, everybody. I'm going to see David. He's on the Melbourne Town Hall, uh, the whole run through the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That's a choice show. I saw it last night. Indeed. Uh, Cho- choice. What the hell is that? <laughs> means good. You'll be oh, copying good. a lot of that in New Zealand. I can uh, assure you of that. Thanks for everyone who took part, David and the callers, everyone else, and I think the key phrase of the day was, I've had a boob job! <laughs> And we'll be back on Wednesday with Jane Kennedy. But it's all thanks to Census. One, two, three, four, of course it is.